Some bloke called Jimmy Manoa. Yeah, he's a name. He's probably the one guy I've been really looking forward to see in the UFC from the UK. Do you have a poster of the poster boy on your wall? I, I don't have a poster of the poster boy, but I know there are a lot of gyms in London that have. And uh, Jimmy, he's had 11 fights as a professional MMA uh, competitor. He's come into the sport late, but he's come in with a bang. 11 fights, 10 knockouts. The guy's got so much punch power for the 200. How do you like? Tell us how you like to describe his hands. He's got heavy hands. He's got really heavy hands. He's got heavy hands, and he's taken on a durable opponent in Carl Kingsbury. Carl Kingsbury, 11 and four, with one no contest. He's got four knockouts on his record, and he's well-rounded and tough. Jimmy Manoa, he's all. Power. He's all knockout, and um, this 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 is his coming out party. Really, he needs to come out here. He needs to throw his hands like he normally does. And if he lands his hands on Carl Kingsbury, trust me, Jimmy Manowell will knock this guy out. Well, we've one had one Brit alumnus from Bama who hasn't unfortunately made the grade tonight. He's hoping Jimmy Manowell can get the job done. And we have our first Brit win tonight. Congratulations, Jimmy Manoa. But by God, Carl Kingsbury's a hard man, isn't he, son? He is. I mean, I, I cannot believe that he was still standing after that first round. He, Kingsbury took down Manoa. Manoa threw a wild left hook. Kingsbury ducked under it, took him down, had him in a submission... Manoa saw it out, battled his way through it, got back to the feet, and boy did he punish Carl Kingsbury. Hard punch, hard punches, hard kicks, massive knees, all right on the money, and somehow Carl Kingsbury, he went down, but he bounced straight back up. I don't know what that guy's made of, but boy is he hard. It went to a second round, and it was pretty much the same again. But then, this time, it was at the end of the round that Jimmy was taken down. Before that, he'd unleashed even more kicks, more punches, more knees. It was an incredible performance from Manoa, and in the end, the repeated shots to Carl Kingsbury's left eye left it bulging and shut and very, very swollen. And the doctor said to Kingsbury, you're not carrying on anymore, sir. Kingsbury didn't bitch about it, didn't moan about it, nodded, walked across the ring, and offered his hand of congratulations to Jimmy Manoa. A class act, Carl Kingsbury, and the crowd appreciated it, and we've seen the arrival, possibly, of the next British superstar here in the UFC, Jimmy the Poster Boy Manoa, in a stand-up at the very least looks the real deal no more to say than that that was the prelim card here comes the main card so here we go with the card proper and first up is Shay Mills versus Dwayne Ludwig a battle between two guys coming off losses here side yeah it's uh, it's also a battle between two guys who like to stand and bang uh, I'll say bang Dwayne, Dwayne Ludwig is Dwayne Bang Ludwig that's his nickname he owns the fastest knockout in UFC history 6.06 seconds over Jonathan Goulet uh, but he's coming into this fight in bad form back to back defeats to Josh Neer and Dan Hardy he really needs to pull something out in this fight to maintain his spot on the UFC roster. What can Shane Mills do to emerge victorious here? Well, I think he just needs to stay compact. He needs to stay tight. I think Shane Mills is going to be probably the bigger man in there. Um, he knows how to strike as well. The last time he fought here in England for the UFC, he won the knockout of the night bonus with an incredible uh, knee to the face of Chris Cope at UFC 138. This time he's in against a more seasoned operator, a guy with a very, very good kickboxing record. This should be a very entertaining way to start off our live, uh, live ESPN portion of the show. And hopefully it'll be two in two successive fights for the Brits. Fingers crossed. 
We've got um, Dwayne Ludwig is entering the arena right now. This should be a really exciting fight. Ludwig, just for the record, 21 and 13 with 10 knockouts. Shay uh, Mills, 14 and 5 with one no contest, seven knockouts. Both of these guys will look to stand and trade. They both look to throw hands and feet. This will be an exciting fight. Well, it started out all action, but ended out quite strange, really, didn't it, Simon? Yeah, it's unfortunate for both men, really. Uh, it looked like it was shaping up to be a really good contest. Shane Mills uh, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Dwayne Bangler, wig in the opening exchanges, and then judo trip taking him down and dominating the former kickboxer on the ground and uh, Mills was just doing a superb job on the ground then when the fight got back to his feet Mills went to take uh, Ludwig down again and it was when he took him down again that uh, Ludwig seems to have picked up an injury to his left leg it looks like it was his left knee um, we can't quite work out what it was they've just stretched him past us his knee was badly swollen I'm assuming he's just blown his knee ligaments out I initially thought he might have popped a kneecap it doesn't look like like that having seen him go past but um, unfortunate for, for Mills because he didn't get a chance to carry on and build on the good start he made and obviously unfortunate for Dwayne Bang Ludwig who lost through a very unfortunate injury Explain how that becomes a technical knockout rather than a submission I'm trying to work that one out myself to be honest with you I think I think basically what happened was um, the fighter didn't actually submit so the, uh, the referee saw the injury. But he was very hesitant, though, wasn't he? He was, he was. It's a, I think it could have been given as a verbal submission, possibly. Um, I think Mills saw that Ludwig was injured. The two fighters certainly exchanged a glance and seemed to almost agree between themselves that the fight was over before the ref called it. Um, I, I, I think... For example, the Carl Kingsbury-Jimmy Manoa fight we saw earlier, that fight was finished by the doctor, so that was a technical knockout because an official stopped the fight. I assume that the official stopped this fight rather than the fighter, hence the technical knockout. Well, that's two wins for two Brits now, and both with slightly controversial, well, not controversial, but slightly unusual circumstances. Hathaway Maguire next. Take us through to side. It's a battle of the Brits. We're definitely going to have a British winner, unless there's a tyre. Um, it's, uh, it's wrestling versus jiu-jitsu here. John Hathaway is an absolutely huge welterweight, former rugby player, big and strong, good range, loves to take people down and ground and pound them. John Maguire, all about the submissions. We'll probably not whine too much about this fight going to the floor. Gypsy jiu-jitsu, he calls it. He doesn't actually uh, possess a, a, a jiu-jitsu belt that I'm aware of. I believe it's all it's almost self-taught jiu-jitsu. But boy, is he good, and he's impressed in the octagon with his submission game in the past. This is going to be all down to size, I think. We've had a couple of matches that have gone to the distance on prelim card already. This is one you identified as potentially going the distance as well as an inside. Yeah, I think this fight could be largely spent on the floor. So anyone wanting to see a stand-up striking match probably isn't going to be... Uh, isn't going to be too pleased with this. However, there's going to be an awful lot of skill involved here. John Hathaway is going to look to take him down, get, uh, assume a dominant position, and land strikes from the top position. Uh, John, John uh, Maguire is going to look to get the fight down and uh, force Hathaway into a mistake. Grab an arm, grab a leg, grab an ankle, grab a neck, and end the fight by submission. It's a toss-up fight. It's a 50-50 fight, this. Well, you've got to pick one this time, sir. You can't get out of it saying we want the Brits to win. They're both Brits. Who is going to win this welterweight watch? OK, I, I, think, I think this is all down to strength. If John Hathaway can get his strength to prevail in this fight, I see him winning. If he can keep his discipline and avoid 
avoid the submissions from the top, especially the uh, the triangle choke. Um, then I think uh, he'll come out victorious. Maguire has got every opportunity to win this. I think if push comes to shove, John Hathaway might just be a little bit too big and a little bit too strong. Let's find out. Well, I don't think we're going to be seeing many people enrolling for courses in Gypsy Jiu-Jitsu anytime soon. No, it was very, very disappointing. The whole fight was a big letdown, if we're honest. Uh, both uh, John Hathaway and John Maguire were capable of so much more. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why, for whatever reason, they just came out into the octagon in front of a British crowd and they didn't really deliver. Hathaway looked to push the pace in the first two rounds backed off a little in the third but and, and that's how he won the fight but the quality wasn't there John McGuire barely engaged at all and it was it was a nothing fight unfortunately do you think John Hathaway showed enough aggression I think he showed some aggression and that's what won in the fight because there was virtually none unfortunately from John McGuire uh, I think the most telling thing about that fight was we had two British fighters inside a British arena in a British octagon and they were getting booed Shall we move on? It was very forgettable, so I think we should probably move on, don't you? We'll move on to the next fight. Paul Sass and Matt Wyman. Take us through it, Simon. Yeah, now, Paul, Paul Sass is probably the most underrated and unsung British mixed martial artist currently out there at the moment. He's undefeated. He's 13-0. Uh, 12 of those 13 wins came by submission. The only one that didn't come by submission was a split decision win against the Bama lightweight champion Rob C. Paul Sinclair. But since he's been in the UFC, he's moved his game up to another level. And arguably, he might just be the best sub submission fighter outside of Brazil. He's that impressive. People know what he's going to do, and they can't stop him. He beats people with triangle chokes. He calls it the sass angle. And the sass angle, no one's been able to stop it. And he takes on a man tonight, Matt Wyman, who's very, very experienced inside the octagon. Well, let's hope the scanner can move on to 14-0. It's coming up next. Why, oh, why, oh, why, man. The total shocks are gone there as the submission specialist gets submitted. Yeah, who saw that one coming? I don't think many people in this arena did. It was almost silence when uh, they saw Paul Sass tap out to that armbar. And the reaction, once he, once he realised he'd won, the reaction from Matt Wyman was absolutely... It was some sort of like, some sort of primal scream, wasn't it? We're charging across the cage. Rolling right. as well. And drool dripping out of him, screaming like a rabid animal. Right at our cameraman, Toby. Uh, we'll have some great shots of that on the website. Uh, he's always an entertaining fight to watch, Matt Wyman. And it was really interesting. Most UFC guys, they turn out, they've got a big entourage. They've got the... Uh, They've got the big banner with the sponsors on. They've got the corner men. They've got the training partners. They're all there. He turned up with his girlfriend and a mate carrying a towel. That was it. He looked like the towel had come from a local hotel as well. Not that he, he did, obviously. We're not saying that. But he looked like the kind of towel that you may relieve or... Re what's the word I'm looking for? Borrow. Borrow, maybe, yeah. 
from a hotel. Anyway, uh, it started on the floor straight away. We didn't expect too much stand-up. But during the fight, you made an interesting point about, <laughs> as it turns out, uh, not too accurately, about Sassy's submission defence. Yeah, I mean, that, that submission that he eventually tapped out to wasn't the first uh, predicament he found himself in. Sass, of course, we know goes for submissions, and he went for about four or five during that fight and couldn't quite lock them in. However, Matt Wyman also, uh, on a couple of occasions, looked like he had Paul Sass in a bit of trouble. Uh, I think he had him in a, in a, in a triangle choke at one point. Um, but Sass managed to wriggle his way out of it, and I turned to you and said, look, he's got submission defense as well. But, as we saw, Wyman is a very game competitor. We talked about Sass being underrated. Matt Wyman is also largely underrated as well. Um, he's an exciting fighter. Clearly no, a no-frills kind of guy. Goes in there, gets the job done, and uh, was very humble afterwards. And it was very nice, after the initial disappointment of the crowd, from seeing their man lose, to give the guy a good reception yeah. after his victory speech. Too right, too right. Right, let's push on to the bantamweights now. And we've got Brad, Mr. One Punch. Pickett versus Yves Jabois. Yeah, that's I think this is going to be this is a potential fight of the night contender right now. Brad Pickett, uh, he's got excellent submissions. Ten of his 21 wins have come by submission, uh, but he loves to stand and bang. He prefers to stand and bang. Uh, he's got great boxing, and he started out doing a bit of boxing and then transitioned into MMA after he got a football injury, believe it or not. Um, Yves Jabouin has got 18 wins, 11 knockouts. He likes to stand and bang as well. Uh, I think Pickett has got a little more well-rounded skills. He'll be happy on the floor. He'll be happier on the floor than Jabouin, that's for sure. The question will be, who gets the better on a stand-up? Last time we saw Pickett inside the octagon, he faced Henan Burrell. And Henan Burrell exploded onto the scene with an incredible performance. Pickett did disgrace himself and hung with uh, Henan Burrell in that fight until getting hit by an, an enormous flying knee. Will Yves Jabouin produce something that big this time round? I'm not so sure. This is going to be a really interesting fight. Come on, Brad. Pickett living up to his nickname there, and what a terrific punch it was, Si. Goodness gracious me. We saw a big knockout in the very first night of the evening when uh, Robbie Peralta laid out Jason Young. But that was picture perfect. If you want to see how to knock someone out with one uppercut, that was how to do it right there. I like real stuff, wasn't it? Oh, it was, he landed two decent uppercuts earlier in the evening, but he stepped right into that one just as the guy looked like he was leaning forward to shoot. Caught him absolutely flush on the chin, flattened him, jumped straight on him, landed two more big shots before Leon Roberts could get in there. Who almost got a bit of extras as well, didn't they? He very, yeah, very, very nearly. But that's a career best performance in the UFC for for, for Brad One Punch Pickett. Superb performance and uh, and a little bit of Gangnam Style to go with it. As a bit well. of Gangnam Style, which is the in thing apparently. I wouldn't know, but you know, you, you know all about this. That was outstanding from Brad Pickett, and the crowd went mental. They really did, didn't they? That was the. Uh, that wasn't even the co-main event. We've got the co-main event coming up in a little bit. Dan Hardy versus Amir Sadullah. We'll be back in a minute with a preview of that. 
Okay, after that victory by Brad Pickett, we're now 4-3 in terms of Team GB versus the rest of the world. Team GB have got three, the rest of the world have got four results. Now, can Hardy be the man to ensure we end up with a little bit of respectability at the end of the night? I think so. I mean, we've just seen a quite incredible one-punch knockout by one-punch Pickett. Dan Hardy is more than capable of producing a similar moment himself against the mere Sadola. Sadola is uh, a He's very tough, isn't he, Sadala, though? He's a tough man who won tough. So, uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's, he's probably going to look to take this fight down and use his wrestling against the more superior striker in Hardy. Uh, Sadala does not knock people out. Dan Hardy will not be particularly worried about the stand-up at all. He'll just want to keep the fight standing. If he keeps the fight standing, Dan Hardy's in a great position to win this fight, either by a, a good decision or by one of his uh, famous one-punch knockouts. It's our co-main event. Do we think that we're going to get the biggest reaction of the night for Dan Hardy? I think we will. I think we will. We had the perfect warm-up there with Brad Pickett, a London lad fighting in Nottingham. But now we've got Nottingham's own. This guy's probably... Uh, he's like the Robin Hood of next uh, martial arts. I can't believe you went there with that. He's cut, he comes from Nottingham. He's looking to steal from Amir Sadullah and give to the poor fans who oh, had to deal with a few... No, stop that. ...had to deal with a few defeats. Too much. <laughs> the big question now is, can he do it? Can, can Dan Hardy, who says he will never lose in front of his own fans in Nottingham... He's fought in Nottingham before and he's won before but he's fought on home soil and he got knocked out by um, Carlos Condit, the current welterweight interim champion. This time he's fighting a guy who's going to want to take him down and wrestle him. Uh, Sadola's 6-3, likes to grind out decisions. Hardy, far more experienced, 24 wins, 10 losses, one no contest. But of those 24 wins, 15 have come by the big KO. That's what Dan Hardy's going to be looking for. That's what the crowd are going to be hoping for. And just you wait until Dan Hardy's music hits the speakers. It's going to happen any moment now. Keep padding, Si, keep padding. <laughs> it's going to be something very, very special indeed. He's going to come out to England Belongs to Me by Cox Barra. He tell, he, I understand he's come out, he come, he's been walking out to a remix version of it in the past with him on backing lyrics. And every time he's done it, they've lost. So he, he ditched it for the last fight and he won. So he's coming out to the original version, which we're about to hear now. And he said he thinks he jinxed himself. Here he comes, Dan the Outlaw Hardy.
Amir Sadala may be the man with the money surname, but it's Dan Hardy who brings more bang for his buck. It wasn't quite the fight you were expecting, though, was it, Si? No, I was very surprised by Amir Sadala's tactics. I thought he looked to wrestle him. I thought he looked to take him down. Uh, because we know from Sadala's record, he hasn't got any knockouts in his mixed martial arts career. Dan Hardy is a knockout specialist. But credit to Amir Sadala, he stood with him and, in my view at least, won that first round. And it looks, it looks like, judging by the... Uh, the scorecards that the, the two of the three judges may have uh, bought into that theory as well. And this was the first time tonight, actually, surprisingly, we heard the England chance as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it was up being a football match for a little while there. It was, uh, it, was, it was great. I mean, the crowd went absolutely potty when he walked out to uh, his favourite uh, record, Cox Barrow, England belongs to me. Um, he's, he's about 10 feet from where we're sitting right now, high five in the crowd, giving them plenty. It's, uh, the crowd absolutely loved Dan Hardy, and Dan Hardy loves them. He wanted to part a performance here in his hometown in Nottingham. He promised that he would not lose on his hometown in front of all these hometown fans and he delivered the goods. He might not have got a knockout win, but he produced a really good kickboxing performance and showed some excellent wrestling as well. Now in the post-match interview he mentioned that the only thing that could top this was to bring the belt back to Nottingham. Realistically, how is he in the championship mix? I think right now, realistically, he isn't. Um, but all things change in the UFC. George St. Pierre could vacate, move up um, to uh, 185 pounds. He's going to fight Anderson Silva. If he's successful against Anderson Silva, he might opt to move up permanently. That then opens the division up. Carlos Condit, the interim champion, has fought Dan Hardy in the past, and it was quite an even fight until they both landed their left hooks exactly at the same time. Hardy was on the balls of his feet, and Condit wasn't, and Condit got the knockout. However, Hardy has been there, he's had his shot. I think he's going to have to string five or six or maybe more wins together before we can really realistically consider him to be a title contender again. A great match, and crucially, that means in terms of Team GB versus the rest of the world bats for the night, it's been tied at 4-4. We've got consensus. No need for any more world wars. But let's move on straight on to the heavyweight main event. Of course, Stefan Soup versus Steve Miocic. Yeah, this we've we've had the Brits. The Brits have got in there, and it's been a fantastic evening. Now it's time for the big boys. Steve Miocic. He's a national Division One wrestler. He's a Golden Gloves boxing champion. He's a collegiate baseball prodigy, and he's an Ohio firefighter. This guy has got. He's a jack of all trades, whether they're fighting trades, sporting trades, emergency services, whatever it might be, this guy seems to do it all. He's had nine fights as a professional mixed martial artist. He's won all nine. Seven of them have come by way of knockout. He's a dangerous guy on his feet. Um, he's following in the footsteps of another great Croatian heavyweight, Mirko Krokop Filipovic. He's taken on Stefan the Skyscraper Struve. He's only 24 years of age. He's got a ridiculous amount of experience. 24 wins, 5 losses, 16 of those 24 wins have come by submission, he can win on the feet, he can win on the floor, he's 6 feet 11 inches tall, they call him the skyscraper, and this is going to be a tall task for Stipe Miocic tonight, even though he's the betting favourite, I'm siding with the Dutchman, Stefan Struve, to win this, most likely by submission. This is a 
were just kicking back and trying to recover after what was an incredible night, an incredible main event between Stipe Majocic and Steph and the skyscraper Strew. Uh, Strew taking the win by a TKO, uh, not the way I was expecting him to win to be fair, I thought he was going to take that by submission, but he stood there toe to toe with, with uh, Stipe Majocic who looked to have the better striking early on, uh, the Croatian looked to be getting the better of the early exchanges, but then Strew gradually built his confidence and once he got confident he started throwing heavier shots. He eventually landed a huge right uppercut that wobbled the Croatian and then he just swarmed him through three or four big shots before the fight was, was stopped by the referee. Great win for Strew. For Stipe Mojic, that was his first professional defeat. He'll be back to the drawing board for him. But it was a great fight. Both men really went for it. The crowd really loved it and uh, it was a perfect way to end the night. Really good night of action. Uh, the Brits, I think, came out even in the end, you know, in terms of win-loss record. And uh, the crowd absolutely loved it. We've had some amazing moments. We had uh, an amazing night of fights. Loads of great action. Great atmosphere. Well staged. UFC have delivered again. And uh, let's just hope they come back again soon. You can follow the MMA pod on Twitter at the MMA pod. You can follow Rob at Robbie Wrestles. You can follow me at Simon Head. And of course, you can read all about the sport of mixed martial arts on mirror.co.uk slash sport where we have a dedicated mixed martial arts channel uh, and you can stay right up to date with the latest news and features on one of the fastest growing sports in the world. This was the MMA pod. Until next time. <laughs>